0: Come in, please. Three, two, and
1: one. Quiet,
0: numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. It's the JT and Looney podcast. What episode is this, Tom? I'm always fascinated by the number.
1: I believe this is episode 71, my high school football number. Really? You wore 71? I wore 71. I wanted to wear 32. I wanted to be a running back. I was one of the fastest guys on the team, but at Catholic high schools and and in, in Pop Warner, when you're one of the big boys, they got to put you on the line. They got to say, sorry, no touchdowns for you. We got to put you on the line. You're the biggest boy we got. So I was always a lineman. That's incredible because, you know, you were,
0: you're still a big guy. Now you, you bodybuild, you weight train, you do all that. But as a young boy, did Elmira have a lot of big boys or, cause you're, you're tall, but you know, you're not six foot six. six I know. Six well, they automatically put you on the line.
1: Yeah, because I was the, I was the biggest boy on my I was an early bloomer. I was the biggest boy on my I was like you or your boys. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was the biggest boy on the Pop Warner team uh, in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. As we were uh, as we were champions all three of those years, as you know, I was a Pop Warner superstar. And really, what's interesting is I dominated in football uh, ages 11 through 15. Dominated. And then as I was 16, other people were bigger. I haven't grown that much since I was 15. So I was a really big, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old. And then not, at least for the sport of football. And I could bench press more than anybody else, but still, that doesn't matter. If uh, especially I didn't have good coaching. I had a line coach, I I great coaching, our pop warner coach was great. But I got to high school, we had an offensive line coach that used to get mad at his gum because he couldn't chew it and talk to us at the same time. That sounds like, you know, a Croucho Marx movie or something, right? He would get mad at his gum and take it out of his mouth and throw it because he was having trouble talking and chewing the gum at the same time. So therefore, also, as I got to be a junior and senior, I was still trying the same things that worked for me before. I didn't learn any moves like Lawrence Taylor and all the the great linemen and linebackers have those moves on the line, the spin moves. And I was just trying to go through guys and I didn't have any coaches say, hey, that's not working anymore. Try this. Try that. And so I became very mediocre Well, at the
0: same age at the same time as I was playing multiple sports. I was a swimmer and I had Mr. Annis, who was our who was our. Legendary swim coach who would walk around with a speedo on, like <laughs> was in his forties and fifties with a speedo. He's walking on the deck with boys and girls and adolescents with the speedo on. <laughs> he would he would make us swim so many yards, so many difficult workouts that I grew up my whole youth going to swim practice on top of playing little league and basketball and CYO basketball. But man, they dropped my parents, put me in swimming with my sisters, and they dropped me in that swimming pool every night at five o'clock, picked me up at seven at night before homework and dinner. And that was a huge chunk of my life in my early days, living in a chlorine infested indoor (laughs) with a lot of kids swimming. And it was hard. And it taught taught me discipline
1: early. Yeah, kids who uh, who do kids who swim and excel at it like you did, uh, especially Burn out on it, right? Because isn't it the the, the the people who win gold medals are the one that can get past the burnout, correct? Yeah. And I
0: wasn't at that level where I could swim big time in college and all that, but had a nice run with a bunch of friends in high school and many who were better than me. But I was on great swim teams and really a part of a culture that was disciplined and in the pool and working out, the best workouts of my entire life, but no doubt about it. Any swimmer you'll ever meet, except for a few, will tell you that they have nightmares with that sport because you don't want to get back in the water. You don't want to train that way again, because it's such a part of your DNA for so many years. You think differently about recreational swimming, uh, getting back in the pool and doing a workout again, because it takes a lot out of you at a young age mentally on top of physically.
1: Yeah. I was uh, at the gym talking to a a division one NCAA wrestler and I was a wrestler in high school. And wrestling is kind of like in boxing in the way if you see somebody with a boxing shirt, it automatically strikes up a conversation because you're part of a small cult. And he and I started talking. He did not wrestle four years in college for the same reason. It was too grueling, too brutal. He burned out on it. And he was a Division One wrestler, but he said the glamour was gone from it. It was a lot more fun in high school than it was in college.
0: Want to jump in quickly on the podcast in, in case my family and friends are listening. I mean, why have a podcast if your family and friends aren't subscribing? Right. Right. Really important point. If your friends and family aren't listening to your podcast, I don't know how great it's going to be going forward. We've been very fortunate because we've been in radio together for so long.
1: And we need our friends and our family and our listener hi to go to bed online. They're one of our great sponsors. And even though there's no football to bet on, there is the NBA, boxing, Tiger, Golden Globes, the NHL, <laughs> even the NHL. Do people really bet on the NHL? I guess they do The only place you should be betting on sports is betonline.ag. A friend of JT and Looney's is a friend of yours. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, really cool props. You got to check them out. They got hundreds of them. And the best part is they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Grab your handheld device and your phone while you're at it. And if you sign up today, you get 50% off a welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Check them out. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. They're very kind people. And remember, kindness equals confidence. You don't have to act like a badass all the time. Now let's continue with the podcast.
0: One of my best friends, Chris Farrow, retired today from the New York City Fire Department. Wow. I bring that up because I talked to him for a good 10 or 15 minutes. I'm talking about a kid I was in first grade with. We go back that far. And he made it. 30 years. He survived throughout the time of 9-11. Wow. Uh, big firehouses, putting out fiber, uh, fires, driving a rig, doing all that. And uh, I was very proud for my friend today when I talked to him and said, I'm proud of you. You accomplished a goal in life that you only dream of. You're going to get a retirement. You protected people. You saved people's lives. You went to work every day under adverse conditions. And it was so happy to hear a friend of mine get to the end of a chapter in his life. I was really happy for him.
1: Well, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine that I think we too often, especially with the NFL, too often constantly saluting people who use guns for a living but never anybody else nobody who does anything else it's like nobody has any other occupations in the country most of us don't have guns when we go and you know god bless anybody who's in the military or or works guns for a living most of us don't but there's a lot of heroes who don't like firemen and teachers garbage men the number one reason one of the number one reasons you and i are talking to each other right now It's because our grandparents and and, and parents lived a nice long life or lived because of garbage men, garbage men who come into our who are cities and take the garbage. Do you know where your garbage goes, JT? Nobody knows. Where our garbage goes We set it out front And somebody takes that disease away It's a
0: miracle miracle that it gets picked up on time Yes And very accurately on time Mine does If I don't get it out in time I have to race to get it to the street Because they're always on time
1: They're amazing Monday morning here Yep They're always on time And they take our garbage away The number one cause of death in America in 1900 was diarrhea Now we have songs about it with New Cherry Pepto heartburn, indigestion, diarrhea, we sing about it. It used to be there was no Pepto-Bismol or, and there wasn't any type of antibiotic. If you got it and grandma's soup didn't work, you're a dead man or child. And so that's, that's amazing, the things in our life. And a lot of it is thanks to garbage men taking things away. And that's great that your friend, you know, the fire department and the garbage men, people who rail against socialism, JT, can we dip our toe in that water? Um, most of us pitch in to, uh, to, we, that's what that socialism is. Everyone pitches in and, but very, but very few ever call the fire department. I've never called the fire department. Uh, I have my own hose, but I've never called the fire department. We, uh, we need to thank the fire department. And remember, sometimes when we pool our resources, socialism, like paving the roads and putting electric lights up the fire department, the garbage man and and the police department. We pool our resources, even though I never call the police department, but they're out there and I pitch in for it. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I think people like to do, uh, what do you call it? They're they're cafeteria socialists. I'll take a little of this and a little of that, but you start talking about healthcare and free education. Everyone says, Hey, commie, calm down. But there's a lot of, uh, that's what the Boston tea party was all about. They called taxation, socialism, social, and it is. But that's what paid for the fires to get put out in the woods, in the apartment, down the street from your friend. I'm disappointed in myself because
0: I didn't give the Golden Globes the respect. I've always given it because I've always loved the award show. My mom, my grandmother always grew up with the Oscars, loved the Golden Globes. I count those championships, those Oscars, like I do NBA championships or Super Bowls, if you can get two Academy Awards or five Golden Globes. And because of COVID and the fact that there wasn't a lot in production, but fortunately, they could go back and pre-COVID, there was enough in production from The Crown to Ozarks to so many movies and documentaries. I don't know how they're going to have a Golden Globes next year. But the Zoom stuff turned me off so badly. I hate Zoom they stuff. Try to do the award show. I'm not a Tina Fey, not a huge fan, but OK, keep the show moving. A lot of clunkiness to it. And it didn't work for me. So I went back and tried to go through it without the commercials and still didn't work for me. What was the big takeaway?
1: Well, the big takeaway is there's a lot of great television. So even if you're not into the awards, most people got into television in the past year because they had no choice. So people like me and you got to watch Breaking Bad. I kind of missed Breaking Bad. I've never seen The Sopranos and two guys who pay attention to everything like you and me missed out on certain things I missed. I thought, well, I'm never going to have time to catch up on six seasons of Breaking Bad. And then COVID came along and stay at home came along. I started working from home, not going anywhere And I got to see six seasons of Breaking Bad and five seasons of Better Call Saul. And I got to watch The Crown, thanks to you recommending it, something I thought I had no interest in. And it was fascinating and it was history and it was great. And Ozark, which was tremendous. So these ensemble drama series nominations and other uh, other categories are really providing us when you're watching those shows. If you haven't seen a lot of the shows where you just pay attention to the shows that are nominated. And if you haven't seen them, you're guaranteed some great television.
0: Incredible. Sasha Baron Cohn, a Borat. And what came after the first one, best picture in a musical comedy when you take a look at the winner there, an iconic moment for him, who's been a unique actor, makes me uncomfortable. A lot of the movies make you a little bit uncomfortable, right. but a milestone for him as he's in that room now with other actors and entertainers, a big moment for him in his career going forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I always thought that at some point he does have the talent to play some great characters in the future. I know he's in the Chicago seven and he's uh, he's, you know, I think he'll probably, you know, someday down the road, probably win an Oscar playing Groucho. Absolutely he
0: will. Absolutely. What? He will. He's,
1: he's got the chops. He's shown yeah, it. like Groucho Marx or something like that. He will have this iconic role that Hollywood loves playing a chaplain or chaplains already been done, but Groucho Marx is somebody like that. And he absolutely, cause that's what I've always, there is a, a book out called raised eyebrows. And I always thought that I have 10, if I had tens of millions of dollars, that's one of the movies I would produce, and I think Hollywood would love it. We would love it. And I would love Sasha Baron Cohen to star in it. It's about this kid who was obsessed with the Marx Brothers, who went to UCLA, and as uh, coincidentally, the universe gave him an internship at UCLA where he was the houseboy for Groucho Marx, and he went over every day helped fix lunch and every day monday through friday groucho marks had lunch with on monday it would be elizabeth taylor and on tuesday it would be george burns and on wednesday it would be johnny carson and on thursday it would be charlton heston and on friday it would be john wayne and this kid who was a groucho fan all of a sudden as a college student is a personal assistant to groucho Marx, and they got along so well groucho just hired him and he quit college and he wrote this great book called Raised Eyebrows. And I think it would make the greatest movie if you just saw old Groucho sitting there at 85 years old having lunch with Johnny Carson and Liz Taylor and all the cameos you could have. So I, I always pictured Sasha Baron Cohen wow. playing the role if I produced the film.
0: Chadwick Boseman, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. <sighs> Look, he passed away. Mm. His wife, the, that speech was incredible. I went back and saw that. Just a brilliant young actor. Did you see Glad the movie? I did not. But oh. I've been a ben fan of uh, several of his movies. So I, I saw it today. To go see it.
1: You did I saw, today. I saw it today. Wow. Because, we, yeah, well, I'm trying to catch up everything so I can be a, a good voter. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the awards. And y- there is a moment. I'm not going to ruin anything by telling you this. You're 20 minutes in to the movie 30 minutes in and then there is this scene with chadwick boseman that freezes you you know every once in a while there's those scenes Mm. in movies that freeze you it freezes you and you're frozen while you listen to him for 10 minutes describe some trauma from his childhood and you are frozen in your tracks and he's terrific incredible
0: can't wait to see it Uh, Jodie Foster getting another trophy, best supporting actress in a motion picture. Uh, That is big for her because her career has been iconic. I love the Silence of the Lambs. I love her early work. And to get another Golden Globe with many roles in front of her, that was a big part of the night.
1: One of my favorite Larry King interviews ever was with Jodie Foster. Los Angeles. Hello. And he said, you walk your dogs in Central Park. She said, yeah, but you're a famous movie star and you're walking your dogs in Central Park. She said, well, who who's supposed to? Who, I, I got a dog. You got to walk it. He said, yeah, well, people who usually have your of your status hire someone to do that. She said, so I'm supposed to pay someone to live my life. <laughs> it was just a great. <clears throat> she was incredibly for being. I think she was like the copper tone model when she was three or something. She's been acting since she was three. Her little brother was in the Partridge family. It was a, I mean, it's, a, it's an acting family. And so she seems to be a relatively unaffected person for having been famous all her life
0: no doubt uh, she's moved the needle on topics outside of film too if you know yeah. what i'm saying uh quickly a round of applause for me for getting the <laughs> crown right uh the first ever male human being to watch the crown first episode <laughs> when it was available <laughs> loved the crown after knocking out Downton abbey and seeing the entire series before anybody and the movie as you know so my aunt valerie would be proud who is from english descent that i uh was on top of this phase. Before. So would
1: everybody in the Castro district of San Francisco be proud that a heterosexual has seen every episode of *Downton Abbey* and *The Crown*? Not wow. the
0: Mowie Valley. We'd have to go there. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> well, I just love the way *The Crown* is. It's like going to a movie. Remember shows like *Game of Thrones* that I love so much, and *The Crown*. I like to watch these big production pieces that feels like it's a movie. Every episode, and *The Crown* was able to do that, oh showing God. the great history. You know, I'm a big fan of Prince Philip as we report on this podcast. He's 99 years old in failing health and over in your neck of the woods in Hollywood La La Land. I guess Meghan Markle doesn't want to race home on the Queen Victoria or or anything else to get home and let Harry and the baby see the grandfather one more time. How's that playing out in Los Angeles?
1: Well, uh, there in te- in-depth team coverage of anything having to do with those two. And I, I that is disappointing to see because you know, if you want people to think of you is more human and less Royal then go see your grandfather when he's dying. And Absolutely. we'll think of you as human, especially when you have private jets and you travel first class and you can get there in a matter of hours. Without, yeah. Without a, without jet
0: lag, Yeah, without stopping over in New York for a night, I just going there. But again, I get into the crown because Prince Philip was such a big part of that entire series. I think he's the star. You think it's the queen and the crown, but in all the series that they've tied together, and won the golden globe in this one. Prince Philip to me is the greatest character.
1: Yeah. But we also the uh, Josh O'Connor who was in the crown, who played, uh, who uh, who played Prince Charles, Prince Charles was so good. Oh my
0: God. He beat Pacino Pacino was standing in the zoom room. They showed them going to break and the Prince Charles dude was kind of giggling and laughing and they look over and it's Pacino in that room too. You got to figure that. And, uh, Prince Charles ends up winning. I even tweeted it live.
1: He's, you know, and it's a SAG awards. The the male actors and drama series include uh, the Josh O'Connor, who we're talking about from the crown, Jason Bateman and Ozark was amazing. Was Uh, also Bob Odenkirk and better Cole Saul is, uh, is nominated in the SAG awards too. And I'm looking at thinking, Oh my God, for me, it's a real tough, it's a real tough vote for me there. And, and again, the good news is, That for those who didn't watch the Golden Globes, maybe you're lucky, but the most important luck that you have, the biggest luck that you have is that there's so much great television to watch.
0: It's so subjective. Imagine if you're Jason Bateman, you just mentioned him and you do this brilliant job and then you don't win the trophy and you're like, wait a second. He wanted, why? Because more people liked, I I was, he was great in that. Imagine being so good in a dramatic role or any type of role that you're getting nominated for an Academy Award or Golden Globe and you don't win. And you lose to someone else and you might have done a better job. Your role might have been what oh, happens, happens, yeah, happens all the time Yeah, nice.
1: for silly reasons. And, you know, because I was looking sometimes people vote also, you know, voters haven't seen everything. That's also a problem. Voters haven't seen everything. And or, or sometimes in the or sometimes they go for the shiny new thing. It happens in radio. Sometimes there's great radio shows and then replace them with shiny new things that aren't as good. Oh, and that's some, for sure. <laughs> and sometimes great actors don't get awards because a shiny new guy who wasn't as good wins the award. Yeah. I think that's okay. I, I, as much as I bring that up, because,
0: you know, I think Daniel day Lewis should win every time, no matter what the role is. So you gotta be able to hold me back. Cause if I think if Daniel day Lewis gets nominated, there's no possible way he could lose. Cause he's such a superior actor than anybody else. Fact, not fiction. If you don't give them it, then you're letting the other actors think that they're just as good as Daniel Day Lewis. And I don't think that is fair as I thought that about De Niro in his prime, and I thought that about Jack Nicholson in his prime.
1: Yeah, but sometimes I always thought (laughs) Daniel Day Lewis, as you know, you call it acting, I call it overacting. Here I am acting, performing. I'm an actor. So I, I always found him a little over the top, but it doesn't mean I didn't find him brilliant as well you know a lot of people ask me at times how do you become a talk show host how do you get into radio i always wanted to do that and one of the things i always tell them is a you got to be a genius and b you got to be authentic the key word is Authenticity. authenticity that's what you get at ebay the original sneaker marketplace The place to go to cop the pair you've always had your eye on. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent, professional authenticators. It's a team of experienced sneaker authenticators. They authenticate the box. They authenticate the logo. They authenticate the stitching. Every single sneaker gets an authenticity guarantee tag. It also includes an authenticity digital stamp. And at eBay, they also protect the sellers with a verified return process. If you're a sneaker seller, eBay has unlimited selling fees on sneakers, $100 and more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. That's cool. Go to ebay.com sneakers. Do it today. Not now. Keep listening to the podcast. But then when you're done listening to the podcast, go to ebay.com sneakers eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value, unique selection, and authenticity. Sports talk radio must be suffering at night. I just thought of this today, and I have no idea how much you can comment on this. But with people not out in their cars on the freeways, Uh, not as many truckers with the economy slowing down, people staying at home. Uh, People aren't in modern times in 2021, listening to as much radio at home uh, as they, you know, the cars and the cell phone really changed sports talk radio for us over the course, as it evolved, Are people with mad dog radio, there's not as many people on the roads. Can you tell when you're hosting? Yeah, I think you could tell a little bit for obvious reasons. There's just
0: not fans going to sporting events. So you don't have 18,000 people. And you always had a
1: show where you loved hearing from someone driving out of an arena.
0: Yeah. And And you don't have that. Yeah. And that's why I'm thrilled. I'm on a big platform like Mad Dog Sirius XM. Sirius XM is a huge company with a big platform. And pretty much anybody who wants to get it can get it and subscribe at a cheap price. And it's built into cars already. You know, if it was different than when we were back in the day, we're on all these hundreds and we weren't lying. We were on hundreds of radio stations. Now, I think people are listening to less AM radio stations and FM radio stations for sports. And they're finding podcasts and they're finding much more satellite radio than they ever have before. So that's a positive. But you bring up a really interesting point. I was describing it the other day. Let's say if you were a long distance runner and you were training for the Olympics, but you were training in a region of the world that had a famine, how great of a long distance runner could you be, right? You're (laughs) training every day and there's a famine going on. So you're running 26 miles or 15 miles and there's no food and there's no trees, there's there's no water, everybody's sitting there scrambling. That's what this chapter, part of this chapter of my career has been like. There's so many rewarding big moments. You know, this week I interviewed the owner of the Golden Knights about COVID and opening up his arena. Peter King, Joe Theismann. Wow. I mean, I had A-list guests on the entire week. Our buddy Larry McReynolds from NASCAR on Fox, who's brilliant He's on great, the boy. radio. And we're knocking down all these A-list guest after guest and I'm doing it from home and I'm have to get in a booking window to get these guys on and then do them live and get a live guest at night. So my brain has been working so intensely on capturing the content, then performing the content, hopefully doing really good interviews and then getting them to the people to play live or have them on live. That takes up a lot of energy. And then when the games are cracking at night, like earlier tonight, when the Lakers are losing to Sacramento or Harden returns to Houston, I'm concentrating on that, and that's where it feels like the abyss. Th- those, are the, those are the moments where it feels like no one's out there because in a city like Houston, if you don't hear a word from anyone, a tweet or a call, you go, wow, Houston's got Harden in town tonight. And then you go to another city, and you're like, hey, something big's happening there, like J.J. Watt in Arizona. I wanted right. to tell you this. Maybe the biggest swing and miss topic I've had in years. I thought this J.J. Watt recruiting story in Arizona was huge. Nobody
1: cared. No, I, I argued. I, we argued on the phone. Remember, because I was telling you, no, he went to the wrong city. It's uh and the wrong state. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are just just uh, uh, other than the one. Uh, what did I say to you that the Bengals have been to more Super Bowls than the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, are an afterthought in the NFL. I'm so surprised he went there. If he went to Green Bay and Peter King talked to me about that, and you can find
0: that on Twitter at JT the Brick, he said that he wanted to go there, but they couldn't afford to do it. They, he's going to make double in Arizona okay. that he could make there. But if he went to Green Bay, it would have broke the internet because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. If he went to Pittsburgh to play with his brothers, think of the Hallmark cards and right and the movies about the three brothers making it to the same team. He went to Arizona which I just got back from Arizona this past week. And I took my son on a college tour, had an amazing experience with my youngest son and JJ Watt came right after I got back to go there. And I saw how big Scottsdale, Phoenix, Tempe, the airport is. It's a sprawl. It's a sprawl like Houston and LA and he'll like it there. And he got, he, he took the deal for the money, but you know, getting back to sports radio at night, who's out there, who's listening luckily i have a platform where i can take calls imagine if we were working for a company that didn't take calls and we were just doing our conversations like we're doing now right at least when i when you feel people on the other end of the call and they're really fired up about a topic quickly there's still no better adrenaline rush in all of radio
1: Kunkel, ohio hello Oh, right. And also, just because it fires up your brain, new topics, new ideas, new conversations can come out of a caller who has a unique perspective that you didn't think of and then inspires either other callers or other great monologues coming out of your brain that wouldn't have been there had they not been planted by a a debate with a caller or a caller who changed your mind.
0: Well, that's a really cool topic because you can have a guy like Colin who's the most popular guy or the most successful guy right now. Uh I don't think that's an argument like him or not. And he doesn't take a call the, for years, not one, but his mind is moving and he's building his show with his topics the way he wants. And right. best. that's his style. And then you work for a channel like I do with the mad dog, Christopher mad dog Russo. And he's got nine people lined up just to tell him how great his 30 year career is in a good way. And then engage in a hardcore call with him. Right. And he goes hard right at the caller. So there's a lot of different styles and, Sad to see some radio hosts having to move exclusively to podcasts, but I know some think that's right. Some think that's good. The ones who can keep the radio shows and what we're doing, the podcast and other platforms, and keep them all in the air like plates in the air—that's where I'm at now. And it's challenging because we're in a pandemic. It hasn't gotten easier, dude. We are still in this pandemic, and we're we're celebrating when we get twenty five hundred at a Golden Knights game.
1: Yeah, I know. And I think that I'm hoping, you know, we were talking either on the air or off the air about worrying about any politician giving us a number. It was when Biden said by September, maybe everybody could be vaccinated. Then he switched it to May recently. And you're saying, no, don't pick a month. (laughs) I remember. Didn't you say something like that? It was just going to make him look bad if he picked wrong. You shouldn't pick wrong on things like that but um uh, i'm hoping i'm hoping he's right and that if we can get everybody vaccinated by may then we'll just have a great herd immunity and no one has died well that's what they say nobody has died from COVID after getting a vaccine a woman did drop dead within minutes of getting a COVID vaccine in la but she had an, a, a long history of of heart problems so i guess that would say if you have heart pro- a long history of heart problems careful about getting that vaccine that's only one case. Um, but if we could get, get us all vaccinated by May and see stadiums filled and nobody dying, more importantly, than stadiums being filled, nobody dying from COVID-19, will not that be great?
0: Yeah, I think it is. And I think we're going in that direction. I have this new attitude and it, I've always been positive about where we're going with COVID mm. and beating it back and what it's going to look like with sports, when we come out the back end of it, at least there's plenty of vaccine now, plenty still yeah. got to get to the right people, get them in arms, but there is plenty now coming on with the Johnson and Johnson, the third with Pfizer and Madeira. So that's great. And then secondly, we need these progressive owners like the one I talked to Bill Foley, who told me by the start of the NHL playoffs, he wants his building sold out. So what he meant by that, he's at 2,500. Then when they come back from the six game road trip, they can go to five. Because if no one died at the Golden Night game, which they didn't, and there was no super spreading event, you go back to the governor and the CDC and the local authorities and you posit- pus- uh, pu- uh, you ask for double, you petition for double, and then you go to five, and then two weeks later, you go to 10, then you get to 15 and you're there. But it has to go fluently perfect. Yeah. You can't have what could happen in Texas, where if no one wears a mask, nobody which I don't think will happen and the numbers go up and hospital beds go up and there's problems there. It could slow it down for New Jersey, California, Missouri, because they'll say, Hey, look at Texas and Mississippi, they opened up and now their numbers are up. We got to close it down again. We can't have a step back Tom."
1: Well, we can't, we can't. And there'll be plenty of people liberal and conservative in Texas who are going to wear those masks Usually, those are the homework doers. My brother is one of those. My brother's a Republican who did his homework and spent his time in the library. Unlike his little brother me, who was in the cafeteria entertaining. And was a mechanical engineer. People at that look at the science. Scientists look at newsflashes, You know, mechanical engineers are scientists. They look at the facts and they look at the numbers. And my brother hasn't left the house since I it, because it's easier to do in Elmira and I'm exaggerating slightly, but in my niece, my niece stays home because my brother is an older parent. My niece is 12. Isn't that cool of my niece? She had a choice whether to attend school or do remote learning. And she's done remote learning since March of last year to protect her parents. And they gave her the choice. Isn't that cool? I love her for that.
0: That's really cool. That's uh, that's nice. That's nice to have friends like that and yep. people who think that way. Uh, one more thing I wanted to get to when I we when take a look at politics now, I tried to get rid of cable news, and I've been jumping on the Peloton. As you know, I like the Peloton before the right. podcast better than after, and I tuned in and, and just despicable to see two big topics going on. Uh, the team that lost, which was the Fox News team that lost, which I've consumed so many countless hours uh-huh. over the decades on that uh, they don't want to talk about their loss they just want to talk about despising the new president tearing him down every day right. being mean and vindictive and you know having strong opinions on some mistakes that they deem are right and i could agree with but so bitter and like doing topics that have nothing to do anymore with the former president nothing to do with the loss and the and the law state took the big L. They're just avoiding it and coming up with these rogue topics that you've never seen before. And then on the other cable news outlet, the brother's not allowed to talk about the oh, other. Oh, Chris
1: Cuomo, can't because he's a
0: little inappropriate. So I love that Cuomo should tap out in the first twenty minutes of the show. It should be like wrestling where he doesn't <laughs> start the show. Wolf Blitzer does, and then he taps in Cuomo after the A block. On his brother andrew and then chris jumps into the seat with the beatles he always wears a beatles black suit with a, a skinny tie and then yes yes or a right? men in black
1: black suit right? <laughs> yeah, and he can
0: go back and talk about what happened on january 6th to the former president which he likes to do it has never been worse
1: never been oh worse. i know you know how about in some news and that is the problem where because cnn you know chris wallace they have some real news people at fox they have some real news people at CNN, and. People don't work in media, so when people hear CNN, they automatically assume liberal or Fox, conservative, and they don't know the difference between a talking head and a real news journalist and a page one reporter. Page one reporters are amazing, but people, normal people, don't know the difference, so they start to lump them in as liberal news media or can't be trusted, and people don't, or so they just trust an entity that's giving them spin. Because they don't know the difference between and why should they? People don't work in media. We should just have as many straight shooting networks and journalists as we can. But maybe it's I'm like Peter Pan saying that if there was a a absolutely objective news organization somewhere between Fox and CNN, would people watch? Probably not. Probably not. Because it would take a while. Because people automatically assume as well. If you tell the truth about something, you're a hater. If you if you told if I if I would tell the truth about Kobe or pick on Kobe and say he the few times I did he dribbled too much, what are you hating on Kobe for? He dribbles too much. He shoots too much. He takes takes a lot of bad shots. He's like a kidney stone offense. He doesn't pass, right? Uh, And and people say, oh, you're hating. No. And so people will, if you tell the truth about a conservative president, you're the liberal press. If you tell the truth about a liberal, then you must be part of the conservative press or QAnon. No. Sometimes, especially the page one reporters are going to tell you the truth either way. So know who the page one reporters are. Learn what that is. Go with them. With all this, uh, due respect
0: to Bill Maher, I have a new rule. He has this new rule. Oh, yes. Yes. My new rule is if you're the losing cable network, if you back the guy who lost, uh-huh. you should have to do two to three months of talking about your loss, <laughs> so everything you got wrong. So every second that Laura Ingram or Hannity uh-huh. or anybody talked about how Trump was going to win and what they loved about him and loved about his policies, which I'm fine with, it, you, after he loses, you got to spend a rule. You got to spend two to three months cleaning up all your B-roll, all your bullshit and everything you got wrong. And you're not allowed to be gutless and avoid the topic and then spin it to something like opening schools or (laughs) this or this or (laughs) going back to church on Sunday, whatever you want to do. You got to clean up all of your mistakes. And if you win, you should be able to win and go on with your candidate instead of going back and ripping on the candidate that got beat for two or three months, you should be not so much celebrating the victory, but talking about how you got it right. And you were on the right side of that. Cause you can't find news anywhere anymore. They, what on. they
1: tend to do is many times what I did when we had the show together. And that if I picked a game perfectly, then I would replay it on Monday. Remember <laughs> I didn't replay when I had it wrong, of course. And that's what, uh, but I'm not the news media. The news media should, uh, should be better than that.
0: But I'm giving a slight television recommendation for a, for a guy who consumes a lot of media. Mm-hmm. And what I think it is, is if you totally dump out of cable news, I mean, both feet, you're going to yep. look a little, you're going to look a little of it. You're going to take a look at maybe Tucker's monologue or maybe what someone said earlier. Breaking How about news this? People.
1: How about you, you turn it on when there's a, Hurricane somewhere. Or whatever. But even if you can't
0: break the habit so badly that you want to go from watching eight hours a day of it or four, and you go to like 20 minutes of it, your life's gonna be better. And again, a really passionate topic if you completely eliminate late night comedy shows because they've been so bad and unoriginal, and they're so political over the top. And if you got rid of that and just switched over to Netflix. Or what my wife and I love, Deborah Norwell, and in inside edition. That's like <laughs> best half hour show. It's done beautifully. And it's kind of the news with a couple of weird storylines. And you get rid of late night cable guys, comedy guys or network guys just ripping politics and having
1: political guests. Your life will be better. Yeah, you don't. And, and, and you and I have never been like this, but we know people who are like it where you're jumping online or turning on the TV and looking for something to be upset about. And I have a former trainer who's always upset about things and is upset about the new trans pronouns. How, how long can you be upset about that? (laughs) How much time can you spend on that Uh, or or anything? Uh, So you're looking, if you want to be upset about stuff, you can always find things. So yeah, go towards the light and not towards the darkness is what you're saying. And I couldn't agree more. I would like nothing more than to watch more late
0: night comedy shows and more cable news. I can't. I know they both beat me down. I'm out. And I think it's much better because I just watched the Biggie, Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. Oh, the documentary? documentary on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I saw I'm the trailer it for it. How is I'm it? I watched
0: it again. It was great because it was all about Brooklyn and him dealing drugs. And I think mom. that the trailer
1: had his mother. The right? mother
0: had a big role in all of it, yeah. but the impact that he had on hip hop, but it was great storytelling. It was yeah. great storytelling. It was a great documentary. Hey, so you want to so see something
1: disturbing? Show. Cause you know, I've always loved Woody Allen movies. Oh, I haven't,
0: I haven't watched this
1: yet. HBO, uh, HBO max. Now, of course, documentaries are always usually one sided. This mm-hmm. is many would say there's not two sides to an conduct with a child and they would be right. Uh, however, what, what, what if the content is false? However, it's called Mia and Woody or Woody and Mia, one or the other. And really the, the person who talks most is the daughter who's the accuser because she's 30 now and not a little girl. She's the daughter of two very intelligent people, one being a genius, being Woody. And it's tough. It's tough to listen to. It's tough to see because we think we know these celebrities or we like them for their talent and their art and could have been deeply flawed. And what's really excruciatingly painful about this is human beings are complex. They adored him. It was someone they loved and spent so much great time with. And so that's the torture and the evil of inappropriate conduct with a child. I'm putting the G-rated version on that in case I'm giving Woody the benefit there, but um, is that it's usually someone that you adore and not a guy at the park that does something like that to you. Download the podcast, subscribe, please share
0: it with your friends. Let them know that JT and Looney are thinking about you. You might be in the podcast. We might bring up a stage in our life where we could bring up a boyhood friend or an old teacher right, or a brother or sister. And we always appreciate you listening to the
1: podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe.